We've got another Top 10 Tuesday, the best running backs in the Big Ten and five prospects in the 2024 class to keep on the Minnesota Gophers' radar. You are locked on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Uh, Golden Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name's Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant, and we're talking some Golden Gophers, so be sure to hit subscribe over on YouTube, start chiming in. I love the comments. I love the feedback in the chats, and then if you listen on audio platforms, you can find us wherever you get them at Locked On Golden Gophers. I've Hope that you will listen. I hope that you'll tune in. I hope that you'll leave a five-star review so others can find the podcast and we can keep building this Gophers community. But this is the show where we always continue to roll. It's for the Gophers diehards. And you know what? If you are listening to a Gophers sports podcast here in, what, June, almost July, when there is absolutely no sports going on for the Gophers currently, it just shows you are a diehard and this is the spot for you. So Be sure to drop a subscribe, a like, and all that jazz. But we're going to talk about multiple things today. It is Top 10 Tuesday, so we're definitely going to jump into that with the Top 10 Big 10 running back rooms of 2023. And then we're also going to kick it off first with Top 5 names to keep on Keep an eye on with recruiting when it comes to the Gophers in the 2024 class. So let's dive right into that from the jump. Number one, in my opinion right now, is Emerson Mandel. He's an offensive lineman from Irondale here in Minnesota. Four-star guy down to the U of M, a.k.a. Minnesota, um, the University of Wisconsin-Madison and Iowa State now. You really don't want to lose this one to your bitter rival, the Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, It's hard to tell. He's pretty quiet on the front when it comes to recruiting. It seems like Minnesota is in the conversation and up there at the top, but it seems like it could be Wisconsin. It could be Minnesota. Kind of those two maybe lead, but other sources might say Iowa State and Minnesota are in the lead. So it seems like Minnesota is a commonality in that. So that should be a positive for Gophers fans. Hopefully we'll find out more soon, but if we compare Emerson Mandel with Uh, Nathan Roy, who already committed in the class, and then you got Greg Johnson from last year's class. You got a bunch of guys from last year's class. Jerome Williams, Reese Tripp, Derek Mister, Philip Daniels. You've got so much talent building in the offensive line room that we could have some true depth, some true studs for years to come and kind of rebuild that that offensive line uh, year after year greatness that we saw with guys like John Michael Schmitz, Blaze Andrews, Daniel Lele, and so many more. So hopefully we can start to build that up as well and get some consistency in that offensive line room for years to come. But number two for the prospects for me to keep an eye on is Jonathan Bibbs. Jonathan Bibbs is a wide receiver from Alabama. He, uh, Coach Matt Simon really likes this kid. He really likes the 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 essence of what he brings, the potential of what he could be, the fundamentals that he has out there. He believes he could really grow into a perfect wide receiver for this program. Now, he hasn't been offered yet by the Gophers, but again, 
Coach Matt Simon's been impressed with him, and so he will camp in late July for the Gophers in hopes to earn an offer from Coach P.J. Fleck. That would probably round out the wide receiver room for this class, and they would probably kind of hone in on just those guys moving forward. So I think Jonathan Bibbs could be the final addition in that room. Then you move on to a big name in Minnesota, and that is Wyatt Gilmore, a prized Minnesota recruit at the edge position. Now the noise is growing. It is getting louder and louder for the Oklahoma Sooners. I believe it's probably down to the Gophers and the Sooners, and I honestly believe the noise. I think if there is any consideration, I, I think Minnesota is in that consideration. But if there isn't, if a decision is already made, if he's already kind of got a gut feeling, then I do think that it leans towards Oklahoma. We'll see if that's the right decision in the end. But regardless, Wyatt Gilmore is a name that the Gophers are still fully in on. Now, if Wyatt Gilmore doesn't pan out, that moves on to our number four recruit, four prospect recruit, recruit prospect, flip-flop, you got me. Mason Carter, an edge from Florida. Now, he has offers and has visited with Minnesota, Rutgers, and Vanderbilt. He also recently earned an offer from Stanford, so that could take some consideration as well. I anticipate if Wyatt Gilmore doesn't, if he commits with OU, if he is moving forward and not having Minnesota in that contest, then I believe that Minnesota could put the blitz on for Mason Carter and really show the extra love and hopefully get that Florida edge commit here in Dinkytown. Now, two Florida edge rushers, that could be fun. That doesn't sound too bad to me. So I think one of the two, they'll really blitz hard uh, depending on how it all plays out. Then the fifth prospect that I want to mention for Gophers fans to keep an eye on is Brett Carroll. He's a Kansas offensive lineman. It sounds like the Gophers are really hoping that he'll come in and play center for the Gophers. And now we know this upcoming season, we're likely going to see Nathan Bowe or Carter Shaw. You just had John Michael Schmitz with a great run, and then you've got Nathan Bowe to step in and be a rock-solid contributor for a season. But moving forward beyond that, there's some question marks because the only two that really took snaps at the center position all spring were Carter Shaw and Nathan Bowe. Now, Cade McConnell has taken a couple snaps at center as well, so maybe he could enter his name to the competition. Maybe he could grow over the season into that center slot, but it sounds like the Gophers would really like Brett Carroll to play the center position. Lots of potential there, and it seems like it's really wide open between Illinois, Texas Tech, Minnesota, and Oklahoma State. Now, Minnesota, again, would love to get this addition. He could maybe push for early playing time right from the jump as a 2024 guy um, potentially starting as a true freshman. That could be a selling point as well. So it'd be really interesting to keep an eye on him. I think if you can pull in Mandel, pull in Carroll, you've got a rock star O-line class here. You pull in Bibbs, your wide receiver class has shaped out, and then you get one of the edges. I think that would do everything for the Gophers. I think that would kind of round out the class and be a wrap for this 2024 Gophers class. We'll keep an eye posted on it, but let me know what is the most intriguing to you down in the comments. I always love to know your thoughts. Are there any recruits that you think I'm missing out on that the Gophers are in on or that you know you would like to see them in on, a position that you think they still just need one more room one more in the room. Let me know in the comments. But it is time to move on to our top 10 Tuesday where we are talking best running back rooms in the class of 2023. And that is coming up next.
First, I want to talk to you about our friends over at FanDuel. Now, FanDuel is the spot to be, and you know what? You can head on over to FanDuel.com right now. You can go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up for a no sweat first bet, and that is for all new customers. Now, FanDuel is America's number one sports book, and that means they've got you covered when it comes to these NCAA futures right now. You can go in and pick the over-unders for the Big Ten uh teams within the conference now a couple of the lines that really stand out to me that i would absolutely love to take first it's michigan state i'm smashing the under on that they're at five and a half wins i know that sounds wild that i would smash the under on that when michigan state has been a winning program over the years but last year they didn't make a bowl game only five wins on top of that you've got no real experience coming back in that quarterback room. You've lost a ton of weapons in the wide receiver room, and you still don't know, is Jalen Berger that guy? So I would smash the under on Michigan State. I think that smashing the under on Wisconsin is an easy one for me at eight and a half. I don't think they're going to get to nine. Now, could they possibly, but year one coaches in power five programs coming in usually do not get into that nine, 10 range. Now, have there been a handful? I think there's been one or two in the last decade. Do you want to shoot for the anomaly or do you want to shoot for what history has told us? With two complete offensive system or two complete system changes, offense and defense, it's going to be an adjustment period. So I would smash the under on that one. So if you want to check it out or if you want to do the opposite of what I say, head on over to fanduel.com slash locked on to take advantage of a no sweat first bet. If you lose on your first bet, you can get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. All right, Gophers fans, thank you so much for listening to Locked On Golden Gophers and making us your first listen when it comes to Gophers Daily Sports. Now, by the time we hit this end of July window, we're going to be back at it Monday through Friday talking Gophers sports daily. We're going to do some a lot of football talk as we approach the football season. We'll probably talk a little bit of hoops as well. And of course, we still have to do our hockey catch-up episode to talk about what the future is looking like. I'll likely tap on some of our friends like Dylan Lauks or Alex as well, uh, Alex Micheletti, to come on to the show, and we'll chop it up with some Gophers Hockey Talk, so be sure to hit subscribe. But today is Top 10 Tuesday. We are jumping right in with the Top 10 Big 10 running back rooms of 2023. Now, I want to start off with two honorable mentions before we get into the nitty-gritty with this thing. So first, the honorable mention, number one for me, is Illinois. I think Josh McCray is a guy who could kind of ball out at Illinois could be the next guy up or they could be more like Minnesota and maybe go more to a committee approach but I don't know how stout that talent is in the running back room of course I don't cover the Illinois at fighting Illini but we saw what they did with Chase Brown last year so definitely they could see themselves in this top 10 and I could look foolish but I've got them right on the outside right now and then I had another honorable mention if UCLA were in the conference this year, which they're not. They're not coming until 2024. If they were in, I would have considered them around the 8-9 range here because Carson Steele is a bad man. He's going to ball out for the uh, UCLA Bruins this year, and I look forward to catching those on some of the late-night games this year in 2023. But let's wait no further. We're jumping into the actual top 10 and kicking it off with number 10. Uh, let me take this off real quick so you can see my face. Some of you might not want to, but here we go. Number 10 is Michigan State 
Spartans. Now, this might be low on some people's radar, but I just haven't seen enough proven from the Michigan State Spartans. As you could tell, when I talked about it with our friends over at FanDuel, I'm not high on the Michigan State Spartans heading into this next year. I think they could struggle. I think they have a difficult schedule. And I think that there's a lot of unknowns when it comes to returning production on the offensive side of ball. Now, Jalen Berger had a lot of hype coming into the 2022 season coming from Wisconsin, but didn't necessarily live up to it. Now, he didn't have a terrible season. He had 683 yards and six touchdowns, but that's not what you were expecting from all the hype that was coming in of the potential of this guy and how he could have been the next great Wisconsin running back, but Braylon Allen showed out. And so I was a little bit disappointed. I'm not sure what it looks like for Michigan state next year. I think they could be playing from behind a lot where they might have to throw the ball a lot more. The talent is most definitely there, but I could see more of a rotation, especially when they brought in a transfer running back from UConn, who has a ton of speed, ran a sub 4-4. His name is Nathan Carter. He's quick tip twitch. He's shifty. So I could see them using kind of a fire and ice combo between Berger and Carter. And we'll see if that helps them spark the run game because last year with Broussard and Berger, it just wasn't working out. Now we're going to move on to number nine. And number nine for me is the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Now there's a lot of potential in the room. I think there's a lot of names that maybe could find them their way into the rotation. But I think the future stud running back for Nebraska Cornhuskers isn't yet in the room. I think Coach Matt Rule loves speed. He loves crazy athleticism. And I'm not sure that they have that quite yet. Now, there is a lot of potential in the room with Anthony Grant, who gives them a dependable bell cow for year one of Matt Rule, if he so chooses to run that way with Anthony Grant. Anthony Grant had 915 rush yards last year. It was the he was almost the first running back to crack a thousand yards since Devin Ozigbo back in the day. So it's been a minute since they've had a top one, uh, a rusher who has had over 1000 yards, 915 yards last year was not bad, forced a lot of missed tackles left and right, only six touchdowns on the year. So that could use an improvement. But like I said, Matt rule has been built on speed over the years and speed could really open up and shake that room up after year one, seeing as Anthony Grant would be out of eligibility and they'll probably really go after the position in not only maybe the transfer portal, but especially in recruiting. Now, also you have Jeff Sims at quarterback who could eat some of that rushing opportunity as well, which keeps the Nebraska Cornhuskers running back room lower for me. Now we're moving on to number eight and number eight is the Iowa Hawkeyes for me now. I am the last person to want to compliment any Hawkeye player or any Badger player, but hear me when I say that I believe Caleb Johnson is the truth. Uh, His combination of speed, vision, and physical play style is built for success in the Big Ten. I honestly believe he could be a top five running back in the conference if given the opportunity and the touches. Now, the reason I can't place Iowa any higher higher is because I don't really believe or know enough about the other running backs in this room. Now, Williams is serviceable, but I don't think he's anybody that's putting fear into Big Ten teams. Patterson could be a guy that steps up, but time will tell on that one. Not enough proven in there for me beyond Caleb Johnson, who just got through his true freshman season, for me to put the Hawkeyes any higher than number eight. 
Now we're moving on to number seven, and that is Maryland. Now, Roman Hemby is the main running back in this room, and that gives them that gives them some credence. That gives them some some light because this dude, as a redshirt freshman last year, ran for 989 yards, 10 touchdowns, and also had almost 300 receiving yards on a pass-heavy team as well. Now, this redshirt freshman was brilliant last year, and he could be the focus of the offense beyond next year as well. As Talia Tungavailoa, this is his last year of eligibility, they could maybe lean more on the run game as Talia moves on to the next level, and Hemby is really the guy as a junior. So I think he could find his name in this running back room moving up over the next couple years. But he has crazy speed. He's fast. And saying both of those statements is kind of an understatement. So I am excited by Hemby in this running back room. I think they have a lot of depth and bodies in there. You've got Anthony Brown. You've got, uh, I think, Antoine. I can't remember his last name, but uh, he starts with an L. But I know that he's got a little bit of talent in there as well. Gives them an edge over Iowa because they've got four or five guys that have some experience in there as well. Maryland at number seven, but again, it's a pass-friendly offense, so that kind of weighed them down over some of the next teams on this list. Now we're moving into number six, and number six is the Purdue Boilermakers. Now, Devin Maccabee shocked the conference with 968 yards and nine touchdowns as a walk-on redshirt freshman. Now, not only did he do all that, but he also had 274 receiving yards as a running back. Dude was absolute highlight for them. Outside of Charlie Jones and Aiden O'Connell in the Payne Durham, that, that trio that was really the core of the Purdue offense, Devin Maccabee was a highlight and a shining star in that offense as well. Now those other three names I mentioned are all gone. So I anticipate that Maccabee is really going to be used heavily in this offense moving forward. You think about what Chase Brown did with Illinois. Well, Ryan Walters, the new coach, was just in that Illinois program. He is a defensive coordinator for Illinois who came over. So he's going to get that defense looking right. But you have to believe that he is absolutely going to want to get Maccabee involved. He gave him a scholarship. One of the first things he did when he got there and he's got Harold coming in as the offensive coordinator. So the Purdue is still going to try to put up some numbers on the offensive side. Now, on top of that, his ability to cut is next level. We witnessed that firsthand here in Minnesota. He put up 112 yards and a touchdown on us. And he first handedly ensured that we lost that game. We should have messed around. We should have won. But you know what? It just didn't happen. It wasn't in the cards, and we dropped the game to Purdue. Much ado to Devin Maccabee. Now, it's not just Maccabee alone in that room because he helped push that this group pass into the top seven, but the other rap, uh, running backs of Downing and Tracy can both hold their own as well. Downing was looked as at as the guy prior to a couple ding-ups and a couple injuries, and that's where Maccabee really stepped in and shown last year. But... Honestly, I could see this Purdue group in a contest or at least maybe even taking the number five spot in this list for me, but they just got edged out. Maybe it's a little biased, but we'll talk about that coming up next. We're going to talk about the top five running back rooms of the Big Ten. That's coming up next. All right, Gophers fans, let's do this thing. We are talking the top five in our top 10 
in the top 10 running back rooms of 2023. And number five is none other than the Minnesota Gophers. Now, like I said, Purdue could maybe edge them out for some folks, but I think Sean Tyler brings a big time respectable experience with back-to-back 1,000 yards or more seasons in the last two years, plus a nine-touchdown year and a seven-touchdown year, plus 110 or more rushing or receiving yards the past two seasons as well, and a score in the receiving game. He's an all-around back. He's versatile, but he brings a lot of versatility, speed, and efficiency. And so Sean Tyler alone gives Minnesota some legitimacy in this running back room. But I think what really pushes them up to five for me is having two real young guys that are waiting in the wings ready to absolutely show out. Now, Zach Evans is a redshirt freshman from a, he is a Texas high school standout. Um, Overall, Evans impressed in the back-to-back spring games these past two years now. And honestly, he was doing great work in the fall camp as well, but he got dinged up with an injury. It zapped him and it zapped any chances of him being able to maybe contribute on a larger scale as a true freshman. Now, we did get a glimpse of him in the Northwestern game at the end and some cleanup duty. And he also broke, a, uh, I believe, a 20-yard run. For a touchdown, we saw the second gear. We saw what is there, and even Mo called him the future Minnesota great running back. The dude's got a lot of talent. We've seen it in the spring games. We saw it in the cleanup work. We saw it in fall camp. Now, as long as he can stay healthy, I think we are going to see him in tandem with Sean Tyler, and that fire and ice could be real nice. And then you've got Darius Taylor. Now, Darius Taylor brings grit. He brings force. He brings power. So I won't be shocked. If he can find his way as a true freshman, a four-star guy who is getting late pushes from Michigan and Michigan State, where he's from, on top of Wisconsin making a push for him as well, he was a highly coveted back with, I believe, over 29 offers. It might have been in the 30 offers for FBS schools. I would not be shocked to see him push for opportunity because his talent and the contrasting play style to a Zach Evans and to a Sean Tyler. Now that trio could be really dangerous and that doesn't even bring up Bryce Williams. I think they have four respectable starter or four respectable running backs in this running back room, which is what gave them the edge for me over Purdue. It could be a little bit biased, but the future is bright for the Gophers running back room. Now, moving into the top four, we've got number four, Wisconsin. The Wisconsin Badgers felt so gross to do it, but Braylon Allen is a monster, and this is coming from a rival and Gopher fan, but the dude gets it done regardless of ding-ups, regardless of tweaks. He gets on the field, and he balls out. Now, he has struggled a little bit against Minnesota, but in back-to-back 1,200-yard-plus seasons, on top of 12 touchdowns and 11 touchdowns, yet it still feels like he is underrated nationally, and that is baffling with the history of success we've seen from Wisconsin running backs. But it seems like folks don't want to put him in that same group. He's showing out, and on top of that, then you've got Ches Malusi in there as well, who also kind of goes under the radar. Lots of talent came over from Clemson. I think overall Wisconsin's running back room is in a decent spot. It will be interesting to see how they use him in that Longo offensive system because he loves to pass the ball so much. We'll see if that ticks down or if he can fight to a third straight 1200 plus yard year. Now moving into the top three, the top three, number three for me is Ohio State. Some might have them higher, some might have them here, but Travion Henderson has the talent to be the best running back in the country. 
He truly does. The best running back in the country could be Travion Henderson. He had Bijan Robinson level hype after year one when he had a 1,248 yard rushing season, 15 touchdowns on the ground, 312 yards through the air, four receiving touchdowns. But the injury last year hampered him all season. It was on and off. And it's why many are down on him heading into this year as far as the hype levels as opposed to the year prior. Now, I'm still high. I'm still high on the upside here, and I think that he could truly maybe help them find more balance as opposed to being so pass-heavy as we saw them the past few years. Mayan Williams, also in this room, is a sure-handed number two. He did whatever he was asked to do. In 2021, he saw over 500 rushing yards and three touchdowns. And then when Henderson was ailing this past season, Mayan put together an 825 yards and 14 touchdowns before also going down with injury. And that is with the 14th highest passing offense in the country. So he did show out nicely last season. On top of that, the only reason I have them below the next two running back rooms is due to Ohio State possibly having one of the one of the best, if not the best wide receiver room in the nation, which means they're probably still going to be a pass-heavy team. Then you add in Dalen Hayden, who showed some promise as a freshman late because he had 553 rushing yards and five touchdowns before also getting a little bit dinged up. There's a lot of potential in that Ohio State room. It's just how much will they run the ball? You move on to number two. I've got Michigan. Now, some people could be shocked by this. Like, look, did you not see what Blake Corum did last year? No, I did. There is a case for Michigan to be number one. Corum was so talented last year, but it it, it wouldn't have been shocking to see him in that Heisman finalist conversation last year. But again, he got hurt. It was a big-time injury, so we'll see what happens, how he bounces back. But you're talking about a Doak Walker finalist, Big Ten running back of the year, 1,467 rushing yards on top of 18 rushing touchdowns. The year prior, he had 952 rushing yards and 11 touchdowns as the running back two in the room behind Haskins. That's prior to mentioning that Donovan Edwards, who was the running back two last year, had 991 rushing yards and seven rushing touchdowns. Edwards also has had 200 receiving yards over the back-to-back years as well. Two highly praised freshman running backs coming through and waiting in the wings in Cole Cabana and Benjamin Hall. Both of them showed nicely over the spring, especially Hall. I believe Cole Cabana got a little dinged up, but both of those guys have a ton of talent in that room. They have four quality running backs, maybe even more. So Michigan comes in at number two, but number one for me, I couldn't let him fall any lower than number one, and that is Penn State. Nittany Lions. Now, Nick Singleton, Katron Allen, and Trey Potts. Two of the top freshman running backs from last year and one of the best duos in the nation. A great fire and ice combo, plus an experienced running back three that led Minnesota, the Minnesota room at one point prior to a strange injury. Nick Singleton rushed for 1,061 yards as a true freshman with 12 touchdowns on less touches than his partner in that backfield, Katron Allen. Katron also had 867 rush yards and 10 touchdowns. That's 22 touchdowns from that freshman running back combo last year on top of almost 2,000 rushing yards. Now you add those two together, plus you have Trey Potts, who in 2021 consisted of his 2021 had three games, three full games and two partial games. One partial game where he came into the late third or early fourth after Mo tore his Achilles, and then also a partial game before he had the freak injury himself, which took him out of the game. So basically in three 
and three quarters of a game. He ran for 552 yards and six touchdowns in that 2021 season. Now that as a number three running back in your room is a home run. Singleton holds the program record for uh, 12 touchdowns as a freshman. That's a program record for Penn State, and that is some top quality guys in there. And he also joined Saquon Barkley as the only Penn State freshman to hit 1,000 yards in a season. So I'm not betting against this guy. He is a monster on the field, and his running mates as well are great too. So that's why they come in at number one for me. That's going to do it for us here at Locked on Golden Gophers. Let me know your thoughts below. Who was too high? Who was too low? Uh, how excited are you for this Gophers running back room? And so much more. I appreciate all the feedback. But that's going to do it for us here at Locked on Golden Gophers. This is Kane Rob signing off. I will see you later this week. I think we're going to crank out three shows this week. So we might have a Wednesday show. Otherwise, we might hit Thursday, Friday. We'll see how it best works out with the schedule. But we will for sure have three shows this week. This is Kane Rob signing off. Roll the boat, Sky Imago Gophers. And don't forget to subscribe.